Hey guys, welcome to the Lightmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Bodzak, and this is another special solo cast episode. Like I said, I do promise we'll be back with interviews after the interim, but right now I'm really enjoying sharing more with you through these solo casts. And this week, I have a really special topic. In fact, probably one of the most popular topics on my YouTube channel. Um, I actually have a video that's how I started my blog and my business, and it by far has superseded all of the other videos on my channel for the most views. And it is one of the most common questions I get asked whenever I have, um, whenever I'm on a podcast interview or when I'm doing a workshop. People love to know about how I started my business. In fact, honestly, some of my clients in our sessions will kick off their client sessions and just be like, can you just tell me how you started your business? So I thought what a perfect topic to do a solo cast on, especially since right now I definitely have my business on my brain because I am launching my first ever year-long mastermind. It's called the Spread Your Light Mastermind. I am literally out of my mind excited for it. Um, It's a year-long mastermind where I will be meeting with these incredible women who are applying for it or who are already in it right now. Um, And we'll be meeting every week. We'll be going over tools to grow their business, grow their audience, share their light, both the practical and magical side of things. So dealing with the, the blocks of worthiness and showing yourself and being unapologetic about what you're here to tell the world and what you're here to offer the world, as well as the very practical, strategic things um, you need to do to grow your social media audience or grow your client base and be intentional about how you're running your business. So I thought this episode came at a perfect time. And if you are listening to this in real time and you are interested in looking at more information about that Spread Your Light Mastermind, feel free to head to cassandrabodzak.com slash spread dash your dash light dash mastermind. Um, And if you're listening to this in the future, at some point, I will also have a spread your light course. So I will have um, all of that information up for you. I'm going to create a page that's just cassandrabodzak.com slash spread your light. So that you can get all of that info there in one easy fell swoop. And of course, the links will be below this episode. But anyway, let's dive into all the juicy details. So I call this episode blog, (laughs) blog to business to TV show to book. And even when I was thinking about that, wow, how incredible is it that it's been such a journey. It's been about 10 years now from the start of my first blog and I'm working on my second book now. I've had probably worked with hundreds of clients. I have, you know, right now the most incredible clients in my practical magic training. And I'm filling up this uh, Spread Your Light Mastermind and all of them that I already have booked are incredible. And I'm so excited to dive into it. I've gotten to speak all over the world, been on national TV, I've just, I've just literally am blown away by what's been able to happen because I decided to be of service one day. And that's literally how it began. I was in college and um, I was going through my own eating problems. I had 
disordered eating and I was struggling with my eating. For those of you who read Eat With Intention or followed me for a while, you know this. I won't go into the, that full journey because uh, that's definitely mentioned in some of my earlier podcast episodes about my battle with my body. But that battle, so, so to speak, brought me to blogging. My first blog was called Go Sweet and Skinny. And it was inspired because I was making all these healthy baked goods, vegan, gluten-free, healthy baked goods for my sorority sisters in college. And a couple of the girls that I lived with were like, you know, you should start a blog. These recipes are really good. And even though they didn't have the food allergies I did at the time, they were really interested in them because they were like, hey, I want to be able to eat cupcakes and not feel bad about them. So hence the name Go Sweet and Skinny came to birth. And it really was a labor of love. Um, if you saw the first iteration of that website, it was it was all WordPress, like old school basic template. I actually did still have that teal color. And then I had black and white photos of uh, cupcakes and stuff that I had gotten from like the like free image galleries that you could get on WordPress. <laughs> it was so gangster. But as we go through, I'm just going to be highlighting the kind of takeaways for you so that you can apply it to wherever you're at in your business right now. So I just want to stop and say the first takeaway there just from the get-go is one, if you're starting something, don't wait for it to be perfect to start. Just dive in. Um, I think a lot of people that I talk to or a lot of people kind of get paralyzed because they're waiting until they have that $5,000 budget to hire someone to design the most beautiful website for them or hire someone to put their podcast up or all this stuff. Honestly, I have done every single thing grassroots. Um, I am uploading all these podcasts myself. I shoot and edit all my YouTube videos still. Um, I, you know, I, I do, I've done so much of my business. I do have someone that helps me with my website right now, but when I started out, I literally just got something up because it was more important for me to just have this thing out there in the world than it was for it to be perfect. And I can't stress that enough. If it's something aesthetic like that, if it's something, um, where you're, you're leaning on your perfectionism tendencies, I just want to offer you this piece of advice. I would not be anywhere, anywhere, I wouldn't be anywhere if I had waited until I had the money, if I had waited until something was perfect because the inspiration would have flew by, you know, I would have gotten so caught up in whatever it was I was doing to just make the extra money so I could hire someone to build out some extensive website. Um, and none of this, my life would not be what it is today. So I hope that that inspires you if there's anything you're kind of, <laughs> you're paralyzed with right now to just get up and do it. It's okay if it's not perfect. The, you know, we'll get to this, we'll get to this in a little bit, but the video that ended up catching the attention of the producers of ABC that called me up to have me interview for The Taste um, literally was the most amateur YouTube video. I shot it using the camera on my laptop. And mind you, this was a while ago, so the laptop cameras weren't as great as they are right now. And I had a stack of cookbooks. I did the whole thing in one shot because I didn't know how to edit. <laughs> um, but I did it. And because I just got out of my own way and I didn't wait until I could hire a video editing team and have the most perfect um, videos, 
I I was creating content and it allowed me to put myself out there and have opportunities that I would have never been able to have um, if I really just waited. And so anyway, going back, back, back. So I started my blog and I really just had it as a labor of love for the first five years or so. Um, so I was in the city. I graduated from college, moved into New York. I was an actress at the time, which I do think my experience as an actress has really helped me because I, I'm really comfortable on camera. I'm really comfortable talking in front of people from all the work I've done on stage. So it's definitely put me in a great position to have the skills that I need right now to share my message in a really powerful way. Um, but the, the important part I want to stress is that this whole time, I was doing the blog as a labor of love. It literally was something that I looked forward to that was like my meditation after a bunch of auditions. It was after, you know, our waiting tables, whatever I was doing. I would love, you know, going home, coming up with some sort of recipe, posting it, posting horrid photos of it. Oh, my God. I look back at some of my really early blog photos the other day, and I was astounded that nobody in my life actually was like, Cass, do you, are you aware that that uh, quinoa vegan mac and cheese actually looks like a little puppy's vomit? <laughs> because it really did. Um, but that just goes to show you how much I was really just unapologetic about putting it out there. I also honestly at the time didn't really expect many people to be paying attention to it. I was really doing it from a pure space of love. And I really think that that naivety perhaps, has been a real secret sauce in my growth. Because uh, what I see right now that, again, I'm just kind of like bookmark and, you know, um, give you guys something, a practical tool with it, is I see a lot of people, and I see this in my clients, and I see this in a lot of the people that follow me. Um, and by no means am I saying that, that there's anything wrong with this. I'm just saying kind of how the benefit was of me having that naivety and not really thinking I could make a business out of it, not really putting that kind of pressure on it, was that I was really allowing it to grow as a creative endeavor. I was allowing it to grow naturally by following what lit me up, by following what felt fun, by doing the recipes that I really enjoyed. Um, and I wasn't trying to automatically put this pressure on it to make any money so in that way I think it allowed it to kind of grow up a little bit so to speak it had five years to really grow grow into a different thing and it did grow a lot it went from strictly bringing cupcake recipes and cookie recipes and all that stuff to all of a sudden having more smoothie recipes and and salad recipes and and all different kinds of recipes and then it evolved even more um, to me talking more about my journey and talking about my struggles um, and so it kind of but again there was no pressure on it to make money so it really allowed it to expand so one of the things that I always recommend is that if you are someone that wants to start a blog or wants to start um, you know, a blog or influencer like business on the side is that if you have a day job right now or you have something else going for you to start it off and give yourself a little bit of a runway where you get to not have any financial pressure on it because that's when you're really going to be able to sit into what creatively sings for you. Um, 
because I think when you put the pressure, like think of it like a baby, right? If you put the pressure on a baby to make money, <laughs> um, you wouldn't. You wouldn't because you want the baby to explore and grow and and learn who who it is and learn how to walk and play with blocks, right? Well, think about your business and your blog and your Instagram or whatever it is that you're growing like that. You really want to give it that space to evolve on its own without too much financial pressure. Um, of course, of course, yes, then eventually there comes a time to leap and launch and offer your services, but we'll get to that part of the story. So I'm diddling along, doing my little blog, acting in the city, and then I had kind of like my disaster moment where I was 25 and that's when I had my dark night of the soul, which I know if you guys were also listening to the podcast, you know the details of. So I'm not going to go into all of it, but feel free to listen to one of the previous episodes if you're curious about my dark night of the soul. But I did have this big life pivoting moment when I was 25, got out of a relationship, my brother got diagnosed with a terminal illness, and I really got down on my knees and it changed my life forever. The way I looked at the world has never been the same. I found a much deeper spiritual connection. I, I started following what lit me up on a whole new level. And I really started to care about the impact that I made in the world. And what came of that in that kind of depression-like cloud that follows those sort of moments in life where you have something really sad happen, I... I leaned on my blog and I leaned on my creativity and that my art of <laughs> recording videos and making food so heavily because as an actress, I was pretty lucky at the time to spend a decent amount of time on set and be auditioning and I was clipping away at it, but I wasn't really, one, I couldn't count on it and two, I wasn't feeling completely fulfilled with it any longer at the level that I was playing it at, so to speak. And so when I was in the kitchen, when I was recording my videos, when I was writing my blog posts, I really felt like maybe I could help someone. Maybe if I just helped one person, if one person that had the same thing that I did and found out one day that they couldn't eat all of these things that they used to love, finds my chocolate cupcake recipe, and it makes their day and it makes them cry and joy because they, you know, they realize they don't have to live the rest of their life not having a cupcake for their birthday or something like that, which was really real moments for me back in the day. Then I felt like I had done something worthwhile with my life. And while it wasn't, you know, saving the world, it, it was something that just felt, felt like I was making some sort of impact in my own little way. And it made a big difference. And so, like I said, I really heavily leaned into that um, from a place of my own therapy, from a place of really, really needing to be of service to feel good. So in a way, it was it was almost selfish. Um, but 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 in a way, being of service can be selfish because it does make us feel good. It is the secret to happiness. You want to be happy? Go make other people happy. Right? You want to feel better about your life? Go make other people's lives better. You want to, you know, one of my friends had this great habit whenever he was um, feeling tight on money, he would call up his favorite restaurant and ask to pay for a couple's dinner. He would just tell them when they get the check, tell them that like a generous stranger said that he hopes they enjoyed their time together tonight. 
it's on him. And I think it's in those moments when we are feeling some sort of lack where when we can be of service, when we can give to others, that it does give us comfort and it does make us happy. And for me, you know, I think and in a lot of ways, quote unquote, the term selfish, um, I may be selfish in that way for the rest of my life because now I, I can't imagine functioning in a world where I feel like I'm not improving other people's lives on some level because it's just such um, a beautiful gift, honestly. It's a gift of the day to do that. And you don't have to have a business that does that to do that. You can do that in, you know, in every aspect of your life and how you show up for your friends and how you show up for the people at the grocery store and how you show up for the guy at Starbucks looks like he's having a bad day, how you show up for your family. There are so many ways to be of service that aren't, you know, business oriented, but I digress. Um, so anyway, I was going hard on the content. And that's when things really popped. All of a sudden, people started noticing my blog. People, because I kind of got to this place of effort, let's go. Even more so, I started sharing about it on social media. I think before that part of my life, I had always kind of kept it as kind of this back burner thing that people in my life knew that I did, but I never was really out and about with it. And, and after that turning point when I was 25, I really was like, what, what am I waiting for? Life is too short, and why do I care what other people think? Um, and for anybody who's ever had someone that they love have um, a terminal illness or, God forbid, lose someone that they love that close, you, you do kind of get this unreal perspective on life of just realizing how silly it is for us to hide ourselves, so to speak, for us to not just be unapologetically us. And that brings me to another thing um, that I see a lot in people that I work with and I see holding people back is feeling shy, feeling like they don't want to fully come out and just be themselves and just unapologetically put that out into the world. And I hate to say it, but it's a requirement. It's a requirement if you're trying to build an online business, if you're trying to grow your audience, if you you know, you know want to build a client list or customers in this digital age. People want to see you. They want to know who you are. They can't know that you can help them if you're not putting their, if you're not putting yourself out there. And, you know, I can speak from my own experiences that I've gone in and out of moments like this. Like I said, at that point in my life, fresh from the perspective of everything that was going on with my brother, I did not give a F. <laughs> I just put it out there. I was like, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> I definitely have some moments. I've had moments where a guy that I was dating um, was following me on Instagram, and I was also simultaneously launching a program, and I would be struck with so much self-consciousness about the fact that he was going to see everything that I was doing. And it wasn't um, necessarily super rational, but I'm sure you can relate to it, that oftentimes it's like we want to compartmentalize our lives and say, okay, this is the person that I can be for these people, and then these other people that know me as this other thing, we can keep them on that side. <laughs> and if we're going to play really big in life and we're going to shine really bright, we just can't do that. you got to unapologetically own who you are and that was something that I did have to come to terms with again later on, was just realizing that, you know what, it's okay if every guy that's dated me follows me on, follows me on Instagram stories and sees me 
do all my silly things and sees me give people meditation tips and sees me talk about my amazing clients and and that's okay because that's who I am and that's who I am 360 24-7 so um Knowing that in order to really step into your business, you need to step into that being unapologetically yourself and and also just knowing that it's okay. Everybody feels uncomfortable doing it at first, but it is key for you to do whatever it takes um, for you to get over that, for you to get over that hump. And honestly, I've told a ton of my clients this. It's no magical secret thing. It really is just doing it. It's like you just keep on doing it. You keep on showing up. You keep putting yourself out there. And little by little, day by day, it becomes more natural. Little by little, day by day, it feels less uncomfortable. And then before you know it, you know, you're me and you're walking your dog in the morning and you're telling people that he pooped in your bedroom last night, you know? Um, and you just don't think anything about it because that's who I am and that's my that's my life and um, and it is an important part of unapologetically running a business and sharing your light is being able to just be completely authentic and whether that means sharing about your services, giving uh, free tips here and again on social media. And just sharing about all the things you, because this is the world that we live in um, that demands that of uh, that demands that of us as lightworkers, as soul-centered entrepreneurs. So, anyway, uh, my blog is blowing up. It's 25. I'm dealing with my own depression through sharing my message, and it's working. Um, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling happier. I'm having more openings, uh, partings of the clouds, and I'm able to show up for my family and my brother more because of it. And then out of the blue, I get a call from the producers at ABC that they found that YouTube video I had told you about, and they wanted to know if I'd be interested in interviewing for the taste. And when they told me that it was with Anthony Bourdain and Nigel Lawson and Ludo Lefebvre, and Marcus Samuelson, I literally started laughing. And I was like, I don't think you watched my YouTube video, my vegan gluten-free cupcake YouTube video, because I'm pretty sure I don't belong on a show with those guys. They'd probably hate me. And of course, the producers were like, no, actually we did. And we like your spunk and we like your attitude. Um, and we loved how you were able to really make that video so fun, even though it was so low production value. <laughs> So once again, just another little wink from the universe to just go for it, uh, progress over perfection. And again, I even though I felt like I had absolutely no business interviewing for this show or cooking for this show or being on TV as a cook when I was self-taught <laughs> um, and I didn't even know how good I was because I just made all my food for my blog. So who even knew? I thought I was good simply because I couldn't eat anything else. So I end up saying yes, going through the whole process, interviewing, auditioning, whole nine yards. And I will never forget when I got the call and they were like, we want to fly you and your family out to L.A. to film. We're going to put you up in a hotel for the, the, you know, the extent of the filming, all of this stuff. And they were like, we just need, you know, a definite yes from you. And I told the producers at ABC, I was like, can I can I have a little time to think about this and call you back? And I think they were so shocked because I'm pretty sure everybody else that they had talked to was like screamed and was like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> but I literally was crippled with fear because I thought 
they were going to make a mockery out of me on national TV. And I remember calling my dad after I got off the phone. They said I could call them back, you know, within 24 hours and let them know. Um, but then they had to know because then they had to re recast me if I wasn't going to do it. Um, and I told my dad and I was like, Dad, I'm terrified that they're going to fly me all the way out there and they're going to make me look crazy and they're just going to make me look like a mess and they're going to make fun of vegan gluten-free cooking and I'm just going to... I'm just going to embarrass myself on national TV. And my dad's a, a pretty religious guy. And he was just like, Cass, I don't think God would put this in your in your lap to, to humiliate you. And he was like, and you know what? Even if that happened, would you rather go do it and have it happen and then deal with whatever that may be or have to live with the fact that then you'd never know? You never know what could have been. This is like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Say yes. Figure it out later. <laughs> and I called the producers back, and I was like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> and I was terrified. I literally spent the next two weeks giving myself, like, a cooking boot camp. Um, I had all my friends come over, help me learn how to cook all different kinds of meats, just in case I had to cook meat on the show. I looked up all sorts of different recipes. I was a maniac. I did nothing but cook and pack till I got on that plane to L.A. Um, and then when I got on that plane to L.A. and I walked in and, you know, I did my audition cooking and I cooked my vegan gluten-free <laughs> cupcakes for, for Anthony Bourdain and all of them. And when Ludo picked me for his team and I ended up on the show for a bit and I ended up staying out in L.A. for a bit, it really hit me that this was, this was what I was supposed to share with the world. And while you may say, you know, where I am today, my message has definitely expanded a lot. I knew when I was standing there in Universal Studios on the set cooking and, and being, you know, in front of all these cameras and, and just having my adrenaline pulsing through my body, I knew in my whole being that I was here to use all of this work that I had done in acting school and all of this work that I had done, my years of theater and TV and all this stuff, um, for good, to share a message of a, a new way of living, of a different way of living. And I feel like that has still continued. And while, you know, sometimes I share that in the form of delicious vegan gluten-free cooking, and sometimes I share that in the form of meditations or holistic lifestyle advice or soul-centered business advice, it really all goes down to showing people that there is a whole new level of living that they may not have even have access to a way of living that is full of so much joy and so much vitality and energy um, that, that that moment really solidified it for me. So I'm just going to bookmark that again as a reminder that when a crazy opportunity comes out of left field, you have to jump in on it. And whether that opportunity is as black and white as, you know, the the opportunity to be on a TV show or it is the opportunity to speak at a, a workshop or or even the opportunities, maybe a crazy idea that you come up with or you and your friends come up with. It's in those moments where we have the choice to say, hmm, F it, I'm going to go for it or sit back 
and let it pass us by. I really believe those moments define us, and I don't think that I am special. I think that the difference between me and some other people is simply that I have jumped on a lot of those moments, and I have shown up even if I was unprepared, even if I was scared, even if I thought I had no business being there. Um, I went to go to Oprah's Soul Sundays, Oprah's Super Soul Sundays um, talks a year ago, and one of the guys who I'm terribly blanking on his name right now said that one of the best things his mom taught him was to know that he belonged in any room he was standing in. And he was a kid that grew up in the projects and ended up doing really well for himself. And and how important it was that even when he was in those rooms where there was the, that little part of him that was kind of shaking in his boots and was like, how are you here? You don't deserve to be here. How can you be here? He heard his mom's voice and saying, you deserve to be in every room that you are standing in. And I think that unconsciously has really helped me as well in knowing that if, you know, God or the universe or life or your soul or whatever you want to call it has brought you to that place, has sent you that opportunity, has, you know, put that in front of you that you have every right to claim it, to step onto it and to show up. Um, and and it, it does make all the difference. It does make all the difference in life when you say yes to those things. And I do think when I look back at the the amazing journey I've had thus far, <laughs> it is a series of me saying yes before I was prepared, of me saying yes, even if I didn't know exactly how I was going to figure it out, um, of me not being afraid to venture into new territory. So I come back home and um, I had filmed the show, and now I'm getting I'm getting my website and getting my social media and getting everything ready for when the show launches because I really wanted to make sure that I capitalized on everything I could. Um, and so this is just, you know, some practical things I did <laughs> was I switched my website over to my name instead of Go Sweet and Skinny because, again, I was older at this point. I no longer really resonated with Go Sweet and Skinny. And now that I thought people might actually pay attention, I switched it to my name and I switched the, the, um, the kind of tagline to be live a life that lights you up instead of what I had going on. Honestly, don't even remember what it was before that. And I really reformatted what my services would be. At this time, I had already started taking coaching clients, so maybe I should rewind that a little bit. Um, right before I got asked to be on the show is when I first started taking um, health coaching clients. I had gone to IIN, um, mostly just because I was curious and I wanted to be certified because I had done all of this. I'd taken a ton of nutrition classes in college, actually, but because of literally how far away the thought of me doing this professionally was from my life when I had the opportunity to fill out the uh, double major or even minor paperwork for all the nutrition classes I had taken, I was like, oh, nah, don't worry about it. I'm never going to use that anyway. That was just for me. <laughs> Um, I don't really care about it today, but there was a couple years back back in the back in the day where I was like, oh my god, Cass, why didn't you just fill out that paperwork in college? Um, anyway, so I got my holistic health certification at IIN, and um, that really helped me feel confident 
in taking on health coaching clients and kind of knowing the structure to take clients on and um, how that whole process worked. So I set up my website for that. And I had been... I had been drawn to doing that simply because I was actually already receiving emails from people asking to work with me. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to work. With, like, I want to work with these people, but I actually don't know the format. So that was really helpful in me getting my first coaching clients. And what I started doing when I first started coaching, just to have a little teachable moment here, um, I created I created the program that I thought would serve the most based on, you know, my ideal client and who I wanted to serve, which was pretty much just me five years earlier when I was in college. And I and then I surveyed a bunch of friends and I asked a few of them if they would be my guinea pig clients because I really wanted feedback about my coaching skills. But I mind you, I asked friends that I thought were ideal clients that actually had gone through similar things that I could really help. Um, and that was a really great process. I still recommend this to some of my clients who are starting out today because what that gave me was the gift of being really confident in how good I was. It gave me the, conf- the confidence to charge for my services because I knew the difference I could make in someone's life. And it also put me in the energy of I'm a health coach. And that's really important because it's hard to believe that you are a health coach when you have no clients (laughs) or that you are any sort of business when you've actually are not in business yet, right? So I always recommend taking a couple, you know, trial clients pro bono or for very cheap just to get that energy going because once you get that energy going and you're really in it and you're in the coaching of it and you see the value and you feel how helpful it is, you'll naturally attract so many more clients and you're going to learn so much about who you are as a coach and what what questions work and, and what kinds of things you're going to have to deal with um, that nobody can fully prepare you for it's really just um it's really just practice right it's getting in there and having those experiences and interacting with people and that's how you grow so my health coaching business was already kind of set up and I started doing that had a few clients um and then I stopped taking clients while I was filming for the taste and started uh shortly after I got back to New York and um yeah, so so that's kind of how everything started in my business. And then the growth the growth kind of aspects that I want to shed a light on, and I hope that I'm, I'm doing a good job. Please leave a comment or leave a, um, a review. Let me know if you think I did a good job of giving you guys some real actionable tools to put in your business no matter where you are right now. That has definitely been my intention with this recording. But when I was growing my audience, some of the things I really did – was, again, I really focused on my ideal client. So I knew the kind of girls I wanted to help coach. So even when I was on Instagram, when I was looking at other people's profiles, when I was looking up hashtags, when I was engaging with people, I really looked for people that were my ideal clients. I wasn't just randomly liking photos or randomly commenting on things. I really did look for the people that I thought would really resonate with what I had to share. And this is something that I think is still super valid. A lot of people ask me all the time, you know, how do you grow on social media? How do you, um, you know, how do you get more followers and all that jazz? And the, the thing is not just to get more followers. The thing is to get 
your ideal clients as followers to get the kind of people that actually are going to resonate with your messages and maybe want to work with you and even if they don't want to work with you you want people that are excited for your content <laughs> you know the people that are going to listen to your podcast like you guys right um you guys are here because you are my ideal clients or you wouldn't be resonating with this right now um and that's important because i have some friends who have massive massive followings um on instagram far far bigger than my own and don't have as packed clients uh, client schedules or um, don't fill programs up the way I do and the reason I think I've been so blessed with that is because I've always been really clear about really focusing on the people that I can serve the people that I know I can really help and so if you're spending time right now and I do one of the things we're really going to zero in on with the spread your light mastermind is growing your audience because let's be honest that's important right now the reason that I do have a really abundant business and I, I am working on my second book right now is because I built an awesome audience on Instagram and I built a great mailing list and I have a great client base that has been really helpful. So I do believe that spending time growing your audience is, is absolutely worth it and it does require just that. It requires time. So with the mastermind, one of the things I'm doing with the ladies is helping them not only zero in, making sure they're talking to their ideal clients, but really get focused on what their goals are for growth, what platforms they want to grow on, where their ideal client is, get clear on the content that they're putting out, and really regularly engaging and keeping that accountability to make it make it fun. Um, I remember when I was first doing it, when I was still acting, I'd be on set, and for anybody who's ever been on set before, it's literally you're, you're filming for you know maybe a couple hours and then you spend like several hours just kind of waiting in between shots or waiting um in between times when they need you so you have a lot of downtime and it was a real blessing for me in the early stage of my business because i got to like really be on instagram more than what most people would on any given day because I would literally just focus on hashtags that apply to my ideal clients. I would look up these, you know, look up accounts and sometimes I would follow them if I thought they were cool and I would always like and I would comment on photos I thought were interesting and I would really be an active participant in the community. And here's the thing, um, I tell this to people all the time, the good and bad thing about social media is the, the good thing is that it really is one of those things where it's like if you if you give to the community, if you spend time there, if you play by their rules and you do, um, you know, you do the things they want you to do, like you want they want you to post, they want you to engage, they want you to be an active user on their platform. If you do that, it will grow. And the bad news is, is that, yeah, you do have to spend time. It's not a quick fix hack. You actually have to put in some work. But again, to sandwich it up with more good news, <laughs> if you put in the work, you'll see some results. But you really have to put in the work. You can't spend like one hour answering you know, comments and expect to have 10,000 new followers. It's just not how it works. Um, you know, at that time in my life, I was literally spending hours a day on Instagram engaging. And of course, I honestly don't have that time right now. But... Um, I do, I do make it a point to spend some time, at least after I post, I try to spend at least an hour on the platform. I'm always doing Instagram stories. 
Um, it really is important if you want to grow your social audience to engage. And you know, like I said, if you're interested in the Spread Your Light Mastermind or the Spread Your Light course, it's something we're definitely going to zero in on. I actually brought in a social media expert that does social media for big businesses to talk to us about the different algorithms and different techniques that we can use to grow, grow our social media. Um, in a really heart-centered, authentic, and aligned way with our businesses because this is the world we live in. So um, I totally get if you have some hesitancy, and I often joke that if this wasn't my business, I would probably not even have an Instagram account, and I'd probably live on like a desert island or something. But, um, but this is my business, and I'm so grateful that I have this platform and I get to share it with the world. And so we need to honor that, and that's actually – a time of business development that you should be scheduling into your calendar because so many people think that my initial burst of followers came from the taste and the TV show that I was on. But the truth was that my initial burst of followers actually came from me engaging like a mad woman. <laughs> I did not see, I maybe got a thousand followers from the TV show and that's the God's honest truth. Um, people, I feel like sometimes want to think it's way easier than it is, but I worked, <laughs> and um, and then okay, and then I got my book deal, and so the book deal came once again um, after I had been building up my platform, built like got a lot of press going on after the taste, and that's another thing what people don't tell you as I'm trying to make this very practical for you guys. What people don't tell you is that when you get those opportunities, when you get to speak at an awesome conference, when you get to be on TV, when you get to just have whatever cool opportunity it is maybe you have, that it's up to you to make the most of it. There's no like, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, free PR kind of firm that just loves to give you, loves to give you uh, extra, extra publicity for whatever you do. You kind of have to do that. So I saw an opportunity there and I emailed, like I myself emailed tons of magazines, tons of newspapers, got myself, you know, there were some magazines like Entertainment Weekly and the Daily Mail and Talk Soup and stuff like that, that, you know, just ended up finding me because of the show. But a lot of less like TV centric pub publications like Metro and some of the New York papers, um, they, they were willing to run a story on me because I was local. So knowing when you have one of those kind of like quote unquote God shots happen to you where you have an awesome, um, an awesome talk or an awesome offering or something that's going on that you can stir up some more press around and not being afraid to email out and be like, hey, I have this cool thing going on. Any interest in doing a story on it? Um, you know, of course, as you grow in your business, you maybe will hire a publicist at some point, but publicists are really expensive. Um, and and when you're just growing, it it pays to just send an email to, to once again, you know, don't worry about having all of your ducks in a row. Don't worry about being perfect or knowing exactly what you're doing. I often think in the early stages that my naivety <laughs> about kind of what was appropriate <laughs> really helped <laughs> because there is an innocence that, you know, I think so many people, you know, are, are kind of like, oh, well, who am I to email the editor-in-chief at Vogue or who am I to email that writer at Mary Claire? 
And, you know, the, the truth is, is that everybody's just people. And who knows, you know, those people get lots of emails a day. So maybe they won't see your email, but maybe they will. And isn't that worth it? Isn't, you know, I think that's where having a heart-centered message, having a mission that you feel really juiced up about, that you feel really excited about, that you're really passionate about spreading into the world helps because it's not about you. It's not about having, you know, Cassandra Bodzak look cooler <laughs> and having, you know, the people that went to high school with me think I, I'm, I'm cool or whatever. Um, it's about spreading a message. And when it's about spreading a message, when it's about showing the world that there is a happier and healthier way of living, that there are alternatives if you have food allergies, that there is a better way of living with anxiety through meditation, that you can have, you know, you can legitimately consciously create your life and do good with it. When it becomes about the mission and the message that you want to spread, then it's so much bigger and it's so much more compelling and there is a fire that burns inside of you that allows you to be way bolder than you could ever be in the service of yourself. So lean into your mission, lean into your message when you need that courage to make that ask, to send that email, to post that post that you're scared about. <laughs> um, and I think I might just, I think I might just leave it there. I feel like there's a lot, there's a lot more to come, but I feel like this is already really long. I hope it was helpful for you. Um, definitely, like I said, feel free to, you know, comment on my latest Instagram posts or leave a review here. Let me know what you thought. Let me know if you have any more questions. If there's, you know, maybe we'll do a part two where I talk a little bit more um, about the book and, and kind of launching my first group programs and stuff like that and give you some more juicy details about that. But I hope that you learned some, um, some valuable nuggets that really resonated with you through this, regardless of where you're at. And like I said, if, um, if you feel like you were serendipitously listening to this in perfect timing and um, you want to fill out an application for the Spread Your Light Mastermind, um, we are taking applications for a couple more days. And if not, you're always welcome to shoot us an email and get on the wait list for next year um, or check out our, our Spread Your Light online course when that launches, depending on when you're listening to this. So I'm sending you so much love and I just want to leave you, leave you with the, the knowing that if you are here to, to spread your light, if you are here to share your message, to help people, that if you keep yourself centered in service, you can be unstoppable because when you are centered in that level of helping other people and that level of being able to uplift other people, there are divine forces, I swear, on my life and my own experiences that work for you um, in ways that I can't put into words in a podcast that I have really felt held and guided by angels um, as soon as I got on on mission, as soon as I got on task. And, um, and you know, a lot of it also is, like I said, it's the, the mastermind was created because it's not easy and having support and having people around you and having accountability, it really does help. 
Um, and I also want to make sure that that's in there too, where you know that, you know, this isn't a walk in the park for anyone. I have to get up and I do a lot of work and, um, and I fight a lot of fear and I battle a lot of resistance and, and I rise and I do it anyway, but it's by no means, it's by no means easy every day. So, um, so it really does take you having all those tools, you having the meditation practice, you being able to take care of yourself, you having, you know, a mastermind group or a group of girlfriends or a mentor, someone that you can that can help hold the space for you as you grow through this process and this journey. Um, and lastly, I'm going to include a link. I just remembered. That's probably why I had to keep talking. Um, <laughs> I'm going to include a link below as well. If you want to watch a free workshop I did on eight of my top tips um, for growing your biz and sharing your light. So it's completely free. It's about an hour long workshop and I promise it'll get you so psyched up um, for your business. So definitely check it out below. All right, guys, I'm out until next time. I hope you enjoyed the Lightmaker podcast. Don't forget to subscribe if you loved us and share us with all your friends.